Blog Talk Radio. Let me tell you about something new. A new show called G's Power. G's Power. Real talk for real saints. Are you ready? And it's for real. Welcome to G's Power Hour live every weekday at 1130 a.m. on Never Had It So Good Entertainment Network. Your host, G, will bring you informative and entertaining guests and a variety of topics in a way that you can absorb and enjoy. Listen in weekdays and call in at 516-387-1944. We love interaction. All shows can be downloaded if you miss one or found on iTunes the next day. G's Power Hour is powered by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Well, good morning, TGIF. Welcome to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today, the second Friday of the month already. Um, And so we are talking with the diet diva, Tara Collingwood. But first, before we welcome her, just want to remind you all, please grab your insurance policies this weekend. Take some time, look them over, especially the hurricane coverage. You know, you just never know what's going to happen. Uh, you know, we experienced that recently. So uh, please just be careful, you know, take some time, make sure you, you've got everything in place because um, they start locking down those policies and turn, you, you won't be able to do much of anything if we end up within that um, window. So um, talk to your insurance company, your advisor, and get that taken care of. In the meantime, Ms. Collinwood. Diet Diva, good morning. How you doing? Well, hello, hello. Yeah, thank goodness this uh, latest hurricane looks like it's going to make a right turn. So yes. let's hope it misses yes. us, but I hope it doesn't hit yes. all of the East Coast. Yes, we we hope, you know, but they're they're running through the alphabet quite quickly. So and it's not over. Um, season doesn't end until the 30th of November. So That's right. Uh, yeah, but anyway. How are you doing? I'm doing great, TGIF. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And so you've been you've been running around. You've been on the road. You've been, um, you know, dealing with which I was going to ask you. I, I was running through my mind. Which season or what time of year is busiest for you, and why? Um, you know, it really depends. Summer is a little bit slower typically um i think because just a lot of people tend to go on vacation and um so you know there's not a lot of people around and my my speaking business gets the september october because everybody's mm. trying to cram all of the conferences and meetings and all that kind of stuff in um yeah and then uh tennis my tennis clients are usually busy like November, December because they're done. Like right now is U.S. Open, of course. Um, mm-hmm. Go Coco Golf and Go uh, Coco Ben Shelton. Yes, uh, we've got some really good American players right now, so quite exciting. Yes. I almost thought it was going to be an All-American final for the women, but Madison Keys yeah. uh, lost last night. But um, yeah, yeah, so I work with a lot of those players, and so obviously they're you know they're busy right now, and they're in their their tournament season, but then when they are off season, we call it preseason, is um, like November, December, there's not tournaments, and so they do a lot of more specific training before they head to Australia in January to kick off the the tournament year. So, yeah, it really just depends on which clients we're talking about <laughs> of, uh, okay. of what business you know, what business I'm, I'm busy with or what's lighter. And, uh, and it's nice because it kind of ebbs and flows a little bit, you know. Right, right. You do get a moment to um, <laughs> take a breath <laughs> before you dive back in. So, yeah, good to know. So, uh, where are you, we, we talked out a few things. Where do you want to start? Well, let's uh, let's talk football. Let's talk uh, tailgating. Let's I mean, talk NFL football. Last night, we've got um, you know we've got college football. Lots of people heading up to games to tailgate and uh, maybe just doing parties and tailgates. Not really. It's not really called a tailgate. I guess just a cookout. 
at their own private homes and, uh, you know, to watch football. So, yeah, maybe we can talk about how to, how to navigate all of that. Yeah, I mean, it is the season, tis the season. Um, you know, we start off with football and then we kind of roller coaster into other things such as, you know, Halloween, uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas, mm-hmm. and, you know, we, we're just stuffing our mouths all the time. Uh, well, some of us <laughs> anyway. <was> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. So, so you know, what what do you, what suggestions do you have though to make a good, but you know, um, I, I, maybe I shouldn't say healthy so much. Um, yeah. Maybe there's another word for that, but to just make make it uh, appealing and um, I don't know if I want to use nutritional either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How about better for us that so we don't completely sabotage ourselves? <laughs> right, right. So what, what do you got in the tailgating department? Yeah, so, you know, when it comes to tailgating as adults, I think one of the, the biggest problems is we tend to overconsume the alcohol. And it's so easy to do because you're there, it's several hours long, you know, you're popping open the beers and you're with friends and, you know, before you know it, you've maybe had four or five, you know, alcoholic drinks and it's like, whoa, and maybe the game hasn't even started yet. So, um, so I think we just have to really be conscious of portion of alcohol because then, as we know, alcohol leads to you know, other um, risky (laughs) behaviors of, you know, whether it's just eating too much or whether it's just being belligerent or, you know, who knows what. But, um, you know, hopefully nobody's drinking and driving, of course. But but I think, you know, alcohol, you know, to me, when I hear tailgate, I think, you know, hamburgers on the grill and I think beer. I don't know. What, What do you think when you think tailgate? Well, I have never been a big beer drinker. I mean, I have consumed alcohol. I don't so much anymore. But, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking wings. I'm thinking maybe some some pizza or some sliders or, you know, or even, I mean, depending on, on, you know, what I'm in the mood for or where I'm going, who's hosting, you know, maybe some devil eggs, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so more, more of that type of stuff. Uh, you know, I, but if it's there, I'll eat it. You know, that's a, that's my problem. <laughs> I, I I'm a sampler. Um, you know, it's like yeah. I, oh, I want to try a little bit of this, and oh, I want to try a little bit of that, yeah, and pretty soon yeah. the plate is is you know well, running over anyway. Yeah, and I think that's I mean that's another good point is that you know there's research on this that the more variety that is offered to you, the more you tend to eat. And so that's why the all-you-can-eat buffet philosophy, it's not just because it's all-you-can-eat. It's because there's so much darn food there that we tend to, you know, just indulge because, oh, I want to have a bite of this, a bite of that. I want to try that. I want to try that. And so before you know it, like you said, your plate's full. And then, oh, I didn't get everything the first round. So I got to go back and try that. So that's a lot of the problem is when there's, when there's too much variety, we tend to overeat. When there's less variety, um, you know, it's, it's actually better for us. Uh, so, you know, keeping that in mind, I think when we entertain I know I tend to over um, offer, you know, like, oh, we need to have 17 appetizers. We need, you know, four different kinds of proteins that we need, you know. And so maybe just, you know, thinking about how, how are we planning and whoever you're planning with, you know, like we don't need six different kinds of chips. We don't need, you know, let's be smart about how we're, how we're planning out this tailgate. And because then there's a lot of food waste too, you know, those unopened bag of chips and the humidity here or the open bag of chips and the humidity go stale real fast if they, you know, sit out. And so, um, you know, you end up throwing a lot of stuff away too, which we know with food prices, number one food cost is food waste. So, all right, you meant, one of the things you mentioned was alcohol. So I've been trying um, a little bit to do different ty- types of, of drinks. If I'm not necessarily, you know, with a crowd of people and it's just me and my husband, then I've been trying different things. So I've been trying to do, like, 
uh, maybe seltzer water and, and, and splitting juices with seltzer water. Um, and I'm not sure if, if that's accomplishing what I need to have happen or not, or trying other things. For example, uh, this one brand of, I guess, juices, they've done this version where they have something called like a lime margarita, but it's, it's you know, it's a juice or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's not alcoholic and then they have another one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess, yeah, a mocktail. Um, and then, so I was like, okay, good, you know, I'll try it. And it's like, it just didn't do it. So what is it? What is the tr- attraction about alcohol, um, especially in, in a social setting? Well, I think some of it is sort of that peer pressure of, well, everybody's having it. Okay, I guess I should have one too. I don't want to be the party pooper. Now, of course, if you're a recovering alcoholic or if you have an allergy or if you have, you know, a reason to say absolutely no, you know, then it's an absolute no. And people, you know, that you're close with probably know that. And so they'll have mocktails or soft drinks or something else to to do. So obviously we don't all have to drink alcohol, but I think it is sort of that, you know, social, oh, it's great to just crack one open and and relax. I mean, alcohol does absolutely relax us. It makes us, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's interesting because it's classified as a depressant, but it actually, of course, makes people jovial and happy and just sort of have a good time. So it's easy to do, you know, it's easy to, to just say, oh, I want to have that, you know, whether it's a glass of wine in the evening to help relax or whether it's, you know, that white claw or, or um, you know, beer or whatever it is when you're at the tailgate. Um, but I think you're on the right track, you know, anytime that you can cut anything with seltzer. And that's why, you know, the white claws, all these seltzer drinks are so popular right now is, you know, they're low carb, they're sweet. But they're, I mean, you can get them for 100 calories, you know, per can um, and still have, you know, a, a little alcoholic beverage. Now, a lot of times when they're that low calorie, they also are cutting back the percentage of alcohol, which, again, isn't a bad thing <laughs> that we don't have as much percentage of alcohol in these drinks um, that won't get us, you know, drunk as fast. Um, so it helps us to slow down a little bit that way, too. So, You know, if I were to say what to drink at, you know, one of these um, tailgates, I think, you know, the seltzer drinks um, are are popular and that's a good choice because they are a little bit lower calorie and lower um, alcohol content. You know, light beers also can be a good one or some of the the ultra type beers that are, again, lower calorie, lower alcohol content. And then if you're mixing your own drinks with, you know, some hard alcohol, I think just going heavier on the seltzer and a little less on whatever the, you know, the distilled spirit that you're using um, just to sort of maybe just cut down on the amount of alcohol, especially if you know it's going to be a long three, four, five hours of tailgating plus game plus, you know, whatever. I mean, it it adds up um, when you're drinking for that long. You also too when you were mentioning beer, there are some non-alcoholic beers out there. Absolutely. What it, yeah, and those so, are becoming much more popular too. Right. So, I guess what what is it that um, they have? I mean, what is, other than how do they make up? I guess for the taste, and I don't know because, like I said, I don't even really drink. I've never really drank there drink beer but um what is it is it something that a person who normally drinks alcohol and they switch to an alcoholic beer will is there something that they will miss in terms of the taste not necessarily the effect but the taste yeah i mean obviously the effect is going to be different if you if it doesn't have any alcohol and you're expecting it to have alcohol but from a taste perspective yeah it's a good question how they've perfected the ability to make it taste um, you know, just like an alcoholic beer and, um, and still have, you know, have that, um, have that taste of, of a beer without the alcohol in there. So it must be in how they're brewing the, you know, the hops and the barley and um, all of that. I don't really know. Um, but okay. I think that is a great option for someone who, again, wants to still feel like they're part of the party, have that drink in their hand. And, um, but yet they don't want, the alcohol for some reason or another. 
And I think it's a, I think it's a wonderful option. And, and it's not just the non-alcoholic beers that have become so popular lately, but I've seen this trend with zero alcohol spirits. <laughs> so they have like zero alcohol vodka. And I'm like, what's the point? Um, I've but, never seen you know, it. Oh, and you yeah. just said something that, that I, you know, I hear a lot. It's like, okay, what's the point? I even hear that with coffee because I drink decaf. I, I kind of almost have yeah. to now. But um, when my mother had her first heart attack years back, decades back, um, she got off of caffeine, and so we all kind of did. And so I haven't really done caffeine on a regular basis in quite mm-hmm. a while, and I can tell somewhat when I mm-hmm. do have it. So, but and then I get people that say, well, you know, you're drinking decaf coffee, what's the point? Or you're drinking a non-alcoholic <laughs> beer, what's the point? What's the point? Do people, yeah. Well, yeah, comes, so do people yeah. actually go and in, when they're buying these drinks, are they, let's say, going and search for that one ingredient? Like, are they going and search for the alcohol or are they going and search for the caffeine? Yeah. So, I mean, I think if you're doing, obviously, the decaf coffee, you, you must enjoy the taste of coffee. Otherwise, why would you do it? So you must enjoy mm-hmm. the taste of beer. You must enjoy the taste of or whatever you're mixing that vodka with. I mean, I haven't tried any of these zero alcohol spirits to see how they taste. Um, but if you're looking for, you know, that taste of what you used to have maybe for that alcoholic drink, um, you know, I, it does, it has to come down to taste. Otherwise, yeah. Why would someone have that versus just, you know, drink a Coke zero on your own. And you know, why, why put zero alcohol rum in a rum and Coke if you're, you know, why not just have the Coke? You know what I'm saying? So, Right. Um, yeah, right. It, it must come down to that taste because, yeah, I don't need the effect of the or don't want the effect of the alcohol or, in your case, the caffeine, um, you know, from that coffee because it is affecting my health in a negative way. And so I've had to, you know, cut that out. We are here with the Diet Diva Tara Collingwood, and we're talking, well, we were talking about tailgating, which we will, we're still t- going to talk about a little bit, but we were also talking about, you know, the need for having that drink to socialize and, you know, how you can make healthier choices both in the food and the drink, uh, or better choices, better for you yourself. This is G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment, and we will be right back. Well, welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. Happy Friday. This is, uh, we're here, this is the second Friday of the month. We're here with Tara Collingwood, and uh, we're talking a little tailgating, and we're going to talk a few other things, too. If you have questions or comments, yes, we are opening up for questions or comments. The number is 516-387-1944. Maybe you have a favorite uh, beverage um, or a favorite uh food that you use for tailgating that um, is very popular, um, and you found a way to make it uh, better for you and everybody else. So you, please share that with us. Um, but one of the things I asked you about uh, earlier this week was foods that, are there foods that help provide, let's say, a little more stamina? And um, and we're going to get into um, another subject, too, when we talk about that. Because, you know, some of us are having these very long or taxing days, you know, or get mm-hmm. into situations, for example, um, I'm sure, for example, some of the, you know, stressful situations. I'm thinking about, you know, I have family up where the hurricane hit up in Perry, Florida, and stuff like that. And, and um, you know, so... There's a lot of stuff at once that you're, you're considering you're going through, and, and sometimes you forget to make the right choice in terms of what you're eating, you know. So sometimes you, you maybe want to try to incorporate foods that maybe provide a little bit more stamina, if, if there's such a thing. So that, that's what I was asking. Yeah, um, that's such a good question. I, you know, stamina per se I have not seen any research studies using that particular word. Um, okay. You know, we, we look at energy, we look at, um, you know, health, we look at 
you know, some of those kinds of things. So, I mean, I think energy and stamina are, are, are similar. Um, you know, mm-hmm. if you're running out of energy, then you're, you know, you're, you don't have any stamina <laughs> to me. Right. So from an energy perspective, um, you know, it's really trying to watch. Uh, it's very similar to how I would teach a diabetic how to eat. And okay. it's, you know, trying to spread your food out throughout the day so you're not eating large, large quantities at any time of the day because that's just giving yourself too much energy, too many calories, too much glucose at any one time. And then your body just says, I don't know what to do with all this. And so I'm going to have to store it. Meanwhile, you eat too much. How do you feel? Sleepy. <laughs> how do you feel? Mm. Tired. How do you feel? Guilty. How do you feel? Like usually when you eat too much, none of, I mean, maybe you're, you're sitting back going, Oh, I feel fat and happy, but no, most people are like, <laughs> oh, man, I shouldn't have done that. You know, feels good going in, yeah. but you know, at the end of the day, it's like, eh, man, um, so in the moment and, you know, after there's maybe a little regret and, you know, and then that can affect our, our energy um, physically, you know, our mood affects our, our physical energy as well. So I think spreading food throughout the day, trying not to have too much at one time. And then the what you're eating, you know, we know that fried foods and high sugar and, you know, some of those things can give us a little bit of indigestion or it can, you know, spike like in the case of sugars, you know, high, high spikes in our glucose, well, what goes up must come down. And so then you get sort of that lull from that, you know, spike in your, in your glucose where, you know, you get a little bit of low um, glucose or low energy. Um, So, you know, trying to have fiber, having protein, having good fats with the food that you're eating instead of just having some of these kind of higher sugar or high carbohydrate foods on their own. And that's one of the keys to how a diabetic eats is, you know, if you want to have rice, rice is very high glycemic, well, then have some protein with it. You know, don't just eat rice cakes by themselves or white rice by itself. Not that you'd probably sit and eat white rice by itself, but, you know, white bread by itself. So always have a protein to help kind of buffer how quickly that blood sugar is going to go up. And that Mm -hmm. will give you that, you know, that little bit of, like you're saying, stamina. And then you also have to look at other lifestyle factors. I mean, I can't not say, well, what else is happening? Are you sitting all day? Are you not getting sleep? Are you hydrated? Are you, you know, you get, like you mentioned the caffeine, like, are you, you know, getting too much caffeine? Are you not doing caffeine when you used to do caffeine? You know, caffeine can affect our energy levels a lot. So, you know, you kind of have to look at all of those things and not just say, oh, it's the, you know, one food that I ate that's, you know, giving me a problem or is going to be my solution to having more stamina. I think it's a right. lot of factors that, that play into it. So it's it's like, okay, don't just, you know, you're feeling a little tired. Don't just run and get an energy drink. I mean, you, you've got right. to, well, because part of the thing fix. is you've got to figure yeah. out why you're tired, um, exactly. not not just get for a quick fix. Right. Yeah, but that's what we do. Hello, Americans. <laughs> yeah. We always want the quick yeah. fix. We want that, you know, hey, yeah, just go go do that. That'll make you feel better in the moment, and you don't have to do any work for it. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we know that regular exercise is going – people who exercise regularly have better stamina because their heart rates tend to be lower. Their oxygen uptake tends to be better. Um, you know, their heart is pumping more efficiently. Like there's so many things that, you know, you've got exercise in the moment, like, Oh, I feel, you know, good. Or I feel that high after the exercise or whatever, but it's really a compound effect of someone who's fit has better stamina. And so fitness levels is a huge part of, you know, kind of this word stamina of, you know, am I able to keep going, you know, throughout the day? And, you know, if you have little kids, if you have grandkids that you're running after, you know, it's amazing, you know, that you realize how, how little stamina you have, how out of shape you are when you're just, you know, maybe you're not running a marathon, but even just trying to keep up with, like you said, daily life, daily life. Right. I mean, I, it's amazing to me how we went from this country that we're known for, you know, hard work and, you know, building up, you know, a country, you know, we went through, I guess, the Industrial Revolution and then other things and, you know, then we 
got with, I, I, you know, <laughs> I guess I have a love-hate relationship with technology, but it seems like, the, you know, we invested a lot in technology to kind of help us out, but then I think we over-invested in, in, to the point where we let ourselves off the hook for so many things. We, we've gotten to the point, we, like you said, we don't really know how to do much of anything than maybe sit down in front of a television and, and eat way too much. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's too easy. It's too easy. You know, our default for a lot of people is, well, I need to relax at night. And so I just, I put my feet up in front of the TV and then pretty soon someone pulls out some food or, you know, and, and I'm not saying we can't sit and relax in front of the TV. I mean, that's a pastime that's been going on for, you know, however many years since TV was invented. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. But I think we just, you know, again, we take, I mean, I remember growing up, I, we had a limit of one hour. One hour of TV. That was all you got. And remember, mm-hmm. we didn't have devices back then. So now as we're policing our children and we're like, you know, you're only allowed three hours on your, on your device per day. And I'm going to look and see, you know, how much screen time you've had for the day. And I'm, I, I'm like, three hours? Like, that's an insane amount of screen time. <laughs> but if you look at your own screen time, you're like, holy crap. Yeah, that's not very much. <laughs> it, it, it goes, goes by quite so fast. fast. Yeah. yeah. But but the thing is, too, you know, as kids, we would go out and play. So, I mean, oh, exactly. the TV was there. And then plus it was black and white, so it, it wasn't as interesting as it is now. <laughs> <laughs> but the, and like you said, we didn't have devices. But then we had things like, well, and I'm dating myself, but I don't care. We had things like jump rope and roller skates and bikes and, you know. Of course. <laughs> it's just like, you know, get back in before the sun goes down, okay? You know, and yep. uh, depending on what time of year that is, that's almost 9 o'clock at night. Depending exactly. On what, you know, exactly. And depending on whether it's a school night or, you know, a weekend yep. or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, now, then you have screens and then a lot of times you're eating and drinking while you're in front of the screen. Of course, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So. Especially if it's not a phone screen and you, it's just, you know, your iPad or the television screen and you've got hands available. Hands, <laughs> yeah. Hands free. To a potato chip bag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, yeah. So, all right. So, let's maybe talk about how, if we want to, let's say, occupy our hands and occupy our, um, you know, bodies a little bit, getting up and going into the kitchen and maybe fixing something that, you know, for that tailgate or for that, you know, for the, you know, the game at home or whatever. What mm-hmm. types of, of snacking do you recommend that's not going to make you feel so guilty and not going to make you feel so sluggish? Yeah. So, you know, I'll, of course, you know, my answer is going to be fruits and vegetables. However, Yes. I have been to many a party where that tray of vegetables is sitting there and like two carrots have been eaten out of it. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, don't, don't bring the boring just tray of fruits and of, of vegetables, you know, think mm-hmm. about how can I incorporate some of these vegetables into other things that are tasty. So for example, you know, guacamole is a fruit and it's, um, got tons of vitamins and minerals. Yeah, it has a little bit of fat and whatever. And usually you take a tortilla chip, but guess what? A corn tortilla chip is a whole grain. Corn is a whole grain. And so, you know, sometimes we look at these foods as quote unquote junk food, but actually they have some nutritional value, you know, to them. Mm-hmm. Um, think about bruschetta, you know, maybe you make a, a bruschetta to bring to that, that game or, you know, party or whatever. Right. Well, now you've got a bunch of chopped um, you know, chopped tomatoes and onions and garlic and maybe a little bit of cheese on there, you know, sprinkled Parmesan or whatever. I'm getting myself hungry. I don't know. How about you? Um, <laughs> <laughs> this, is a, this is a hazard of my job. I talk about food all day. Um, you know, so now we've got, you know, and, and you can get a thin toast point. So it's not a big old thick, you know, um, piece of, of French bread, but maybe just a thin, you know, toast to put that bruschetta on. Um, so, you know, just thinking about, like, what can I do to get maybe a black bean corn salad, maybe a, you know, so just trying to think outside the box of, like, how can I incorporate some of these fruits and vegetables so that they're fun? You know, put that fruit on a kebab and have some, you know, yummy yogurt dipping sauce with it. 
So it's not just, again, that, you know, bowl of fruit that nobody touches, but rather it's like, oh, this is fun, or make a little fruit pizza um, for a dessert, you know, that you, or, so, you know, you can kind of incorporate some of the quote unquote healthier foods into dishes that have other fun stuff in them um, that make them, you know, taste better, but it doesn't take away the nutritional value of the tomato when you chop it up and put it on top of a toast point and call it bruschetta, you know, so you can still get a lot of nutritional value um, without just feeling like it's that tray of vegetables. So let me ask this, the, the chips with dip versus the um, tortilla chip, corn chip or whatever with guac mm-hmm. or with salsa. Yep. So which, which one? And I'm yeah. assuming. So, I mean, think about, yeah, a potato chip in French onion dip is nothing and nothing. I mean, there's no, there's no nutritional value in either of those versus mm-hmm. the, you know, the corn chip and the salsa. Salsa is also chopped tomato. Yeah, a little salt, um, but, you know, also chopped tomato. So there's nutritional value there, kind of like the bruschetta mm-hmm. um, and, you know, the guac. And so, you know, thinking about how can I, um, you know, get more of those vegetables in there, maybe even, you know, the spinach artichoke dip versus a yeah. French onion dip. I, love I mean, that yeah, you're going to have some, you know, some cream cheese and some yummy deliciousness, creamy deliciousness there, but you're also still going to get some spinach and some artichoke. Um, mm-hmm. And making, you know, making salads too that are more exciting. That, that can be a way to, to get more vegetables in you as well. Um, I mean, I have some great recipes for some kale salads. I made a, a salad last weekend that had some sliced, you know, this time of year, sliced peaches. It had avocado. And I threw together just a really quick dressing that was just lemon juice, olive oil, and a little bit of mustard. And, you know, shake it up and pour that a little, uh, over it. You know, the lemon juice just gives it that nice tart flavor. I think I had some gorgonzola in there, too, some toasted mm-hmm. uh, 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 almonds, slivered almonds. So, you know, there's ways to still get nutritional value into, um, you know, into foods that do taste, <laughs> taste really good. Yeah. Cause like, for example, I was, when, as you were talking, I was thinking about, you know, I've had lettuce wraps before that are, are pretty good. Um, uh-huh. you know, you can put a little, you know, chop up either some chicken in there or maybe some, some ground Turkey or something in there or whatever. Um, and I thought about, and then there's good and bad with this, so you can tell me. Uh, you know, a lot of places now, restaurants I go to, and I, I said I was going to try this at home, do the lettuce wedges where the, yeah. they cut, yeah, a portion, and but, but then they have the, the creamy dressing and the bacon and all that kind of stuff. But like you said, in, in some respect, though, you are still getting a vegetable yep. of some sort, right? Yeah. The other thing that you can do with the lettuce is wrap your burger, you know, do the lettuce, the lettuce burger instead of the bun. So now you've got, you know, you've got that burger on the grill and then you've got these big, beautiful iceberg lettuce pieces that you can just put that on. And it's so crispy and cool. Mm. Like it's a nice contrast with that burger when you do, you know, the lettuce as, as the bun. So, yeah, there's, I mean, and everybody says, oh, iceberg lettuce doesn't have any nutritional value. It does. It has some nutritional value. It's still going to, you know, give you, give you something. Now, if it has more blue cheese dressing than, you know, than um, <laughs> salad, then eh, yeah, okay. But, you know, so yeah. we have to be careful a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, any kind of, or maybe get a little bit of a darker green, you know, do some romaine. Get some you yeah. know, heads of romaine and use that as your lettuce wrap for your burger, and that's going to be even crunchier and more more stable for your burger to hold that burger too. So you know, romaine has a lot more nutritional value than iceberg lettuce. Um, so right. yeah, there's ways to you know still do some of the you don't have to do kale and spinach all the time. You can use some of those other greens and still get nutritional mm-hmm. value from those. Yeah, and then too, because when you were talking about the um, the lettuce wrapped burger. I had not done that before, but um, I went to, and, and that's one of the things now when I, I try to look and see, you know, what options there are uh, at various fast food places. Now, like Five mm-hmm. Guys, Five Guys mm-hmm. does a, wrap, a lettuce wrapped burger, 
and and they do kind of like a, a veggie burger too of sorts. It, it's not necessarily a burger, but it's, it's just you know lettuce and some other things like the um, grilled mushrooms and some other things. Very very good. Yeah. Both of them, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so I think the first time yeah. I saw that was at uh, Burger Fi. They do them too. Like that. oh okay, yeah. They, I think they call it green style. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's one of the things that I guess I want to talk to you about too and ask you about because now you can go places where they are doing, they're having vegetable alternatives. But I'm curious in terms of uh, whether or not what they're doing to the vegetables is is healthy. I mean, you're saying to yourself, "Oh, okay, I'll get." Uh, the balsamic glazed Brussels sprout, you know, uh-huh. where, you know, it, it'll kick the Brussels sprout up a notch. But then are you really doing yourself a, a service or a disservice by getting that as an alternative versus, let's say, the French fries or something like that? Right, right. Yeah, a lot of those really, really, really yummy Brussels sprouts they have at restaurants are deep fried, unfortunately. <laughs> I was heartbroken when I realized that. I was like, are you kidding me? That's why they're so good, and I can't make these at home. I'm trying. Uh, right. to make them as good, and I'm like, I just don't know how they get them. And then I'm like, oh yeah, they deep fry them. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, no, you're you're right. It's you know, it is a fine line um, of you know, let's take that Brussels sprout, and now if we you know dip it in hot bubbly oil, how much nutritional value really is left at the end of the day? Um, yeah, right. There's still going to be some in the Brussels sprout, but you are compromising with a heck of a lot of you know, oil and, and fat added. Right. And then I've seen the green beans with the Parmesan cheese on them, which I like that too, mm-hmm. but I assume also too that you that's another trade off. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I guess you've got to pick and choose your, your poisons. It's, it's almost like a, unless you are the person that's actually um, doing the pr- preparation of the food, um, you know, you, you're you're kind of almost at the mercy of, of, you know, other people. And you've kind of, let's say, have to prepare. Like I have this one cousin, uh, and I love the way she cooks and everything, but it's, it is, you know, down-home cooking and everything. So it's one of those days where <laughs> it's like, okay. with the oil? <laughs> if you are going to the Super Bowl party, you probably maybe should have a carrot for breakfast or something. I don't know. <laughs> balance your day. <laughs> yes, balance the day, you know. And, and I think that's kind of what you have always been saying on the show is, you know, having to do stuff in moderation, you know. It's like, well, if you're going to do that, then you need to do this to kind of balance things out or, or modify right. stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Go for a walk, go for a longer walk, you know, balance it with a little bit of exercise and balance it with yeah. what else you're doing for the day. So if I know I'm going out to dinner and it's that place that has those fried Brussels sprouts and I just love them, okay, well, you know what? I'm going to try to be a little bit better at lunch and, you know, not yeah. starve myself, not skip, but just try to balance it out so that. Yeah, so. Also, too, you know, if you're going to, <laughs> if you're going to the game and, oh, and you're, sorry, you're having phone, something, to, uh, my oh, phone okay. went, went blank for a second there. Sorry about that. That's okay. But I was gonna say, if you're going to the game or you're going someplace special, and you know, there's halftime or something like that, y'all get up and do some line dancing or something. Oh, <laughs> so I love during that intermission. Idea. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I love that idea. We got to get together this football season. <laughs> yeah, we should. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Do some line dancing, have some bruschetta. We'll be we'll be the life of the party. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but so now we talked a little bit. You touched a little bit on um, the you know the always the possibility of overeating um, or eating the wrong thing, and that makes you kind of sleepy. Um, but we need to talk, we wanted to talk a little bit, I think, about the the whole sleeping issue and lack of sleep and, and I guess, things related to sleep. So um, get us started on, on that. What What is it that makes us feel that, I, I was talking to my husband about this this morning, as a matter of fact, you know, it's like, what is it that makes us feel that we can sacrifice sleep? Yes. Well, that's a story. <laughs> that's a story we tell ourselves because we want 
to be able to live without as much sleep because, you know, it takes hours out of your day and, um, you know, I don't got time for that. But, you know, when people say, oh, I don't need to sleep, I can sleep when I'm dead. I'm like, eh, careful what you wish for, because really? we found <laughs> that, you know, sleep, lack of sleep, um, poor sleep quality, you know, has been linked to Alzheimer's and dementia and Parkinson's and some of those brain disorders that can tend to happen as we get older. Um, but, you know, also, I mean, you name it, you name a, you name a disease and there's probably a study linking, <laughs> linking lack of sleep or poor sleep to it. I mean, we're really finding that, um, sleep and it's not just quantity, but it's really about quality. And that's right. the hard part is because you can't just snap your fingers and go, okay, body, I want one and a half hours of REM tonight. And I'd like one and a quarter hours of deep tonight. And then I want, you know, you can't. Just snap your wow. fingers and go, okay, this is the kind of quality of sleep I want, and these are the phases I want to be in. Um, your body dictates that based on environment, based on, you know, stress, based on what's going on. You know, are you in pain? My husband pulled something in his back yesterday, so he was tossing and turning and tossing and turning all mm-hmm. night last night, and that's waking me up. And, you know, so there's so many factors that go into the quality of sleep that we have. So, you know, I'm always encouraging people that if you have a chronic issue, you know, when it comes to a quality of sleep, like the neighbor's dog wakes you up every single night or your dog is pressed up against you and you wake up in a pool of sweat because you got this hot dog next to you or you've got, you know, whatever issues, your kids wake you up all the time. Like we got to do something about this. We got to figure out how to, minimize those disruptions to our sleep because it does absolutely break that cycle. You know, our body goes through the deep, the REM and the light sleep many cycles throughout the night. And that's why sometimes you wake up wide awake because you've completed a cycle and you're like, wow, it's only one thirty in the morning, but I'm feeling like I could get up oh, right now. But then other times you wake up and you're like, oh, my gosh, because you were in the middle of REM sleep, in the middle of a dream, and you wake up, and now you're super groggy or wake up in the middle of your deep sleep, you know, cycle. So it depends on where you are in that cycle when you wake up, and, um, you know, that can dictate, you know, how, how groggy you are. But anyway, so, so you know, whatever disrupts those, those sleep cycles, um, you know, we gotta, we gotta think about that, whether it's temperature, light, um, noise, you know, those are, those tend to be the top three is temperature, mm-hmm. light, and noise. You know, what is, what is preventing me from falling asleep or what is waking me up in the middle of the night? Or as you get older, it's your bladder. Yep. <laughs> we need to, I mean, no one wants to talk about it. No one wants to admit it, but yeah, as you, as you get older, that that happens too. So you've got to time a lot of stuff. You've got to time. Yeah, absolutely. I think how much drink you, less you have in the to evening and drink less. You've also got to time your sugar in terms of mm-hmm. when you stop eating the sugar. Um, if you if you eat a lot of sugar, um, but one of the things I wanted to ask you about that you mentioned was dementia, and sleep, and everything. One of I heard recently though there was a study that talks about you know they, they've promoted melatonin a lot now and you can find it you know on uh, over the counter and stuff like that, but there was a study recently that suggested that melatonin can also be linked to dementia. Were yeah, you I think familiar with that. I, I have seen some recent um, some recent questions around melatonin and, you know, I think people take it because they think, oh, it's natural and, you know, it's not going to hurt me, but we're, I think mm-hmm. it's being studied more and more and we're getting some of the studies that are, have been going for longer. And, um, and some of those results are coming out now that it may not be quite as innocent as we thought it was. I think we're still learning a lot. So I don't know that we have mm-hmm. any definitive answers to that. But um, I would say, yeah, don't just pop it like it's candy and automatically take it if you don't feel like you absolutely, you know, think it's helping you or, you know, need that to help you sleep. So, and that and that does concern me uh, because, yes, I, I mean, I've come to appreciate more the value of sleep and the value of, for example, 
having, uh, you know, setting the temperature right. So I'm, I'm constantly adjusting my temperature. There's a temperature for when I'm up during the day and there's a temperature at night when I'm going to sleep, mm-hmm. you know, or, or close, you know. Um, yeah. So I, it, and I really got to look, look into, I think, a thermostat with, that has a timer. I'm sure there's got to be some. But anyway, oh, yeah. but also, too, I'm looking into the quality of the sheets. You know, don't give me a sheet yep. that feels like sandpaper or it's going to turn into sandpaper soon. You know, so, I mean, there's a lot of factors in terms of getting a good night's sleep. I tell my husband there's this one resort that I went to for a convention in Phoenix, Arizona, and I've been for, like, decades trying to, to find the mattress pad or whatever that they use, because <laughs> I tell them, I'm like, that was the best sleep ever, ever. <laughs> but, yeah, Love you know, it. I mean, I, I've come to value. So now, now that I've gotten, I guess, a little older and, and understanding it a little bit more, um, I'm willing to spend a little bit more on those things to try to get the best night's sleep possible. Those are the things I, I can control somewhat. But then I have mm-hmm. a schedule, too, that does not allow me the full eight hours of sleep. So, and that is, I guess, problematic. And I'm trying to figure out, okay, if I I can do these things, um, you know, what do I do about not being able to get the full eight hours? And then sometimes Mm -hmm. my body won't even let me get the full eight hours. Like you were talking about waking up at 1 o'clock and being wide awake. Yeah. You know, and part of me wants to, like, Oh well, I, I guess I could go in the office and I could do X, Y, and Z. It's like, no, I can get a lot done right but, now. <laughs> yeah, but I've also been told that you don't make yourself if you wake up that you shouldn't make yourself stay there and toss and turn. Is right. that yeah? There's true a twenty minute twenty minute rule. Yep. So if you lay there for more than twenty minutes, now you know, give or take, um, now it has become in uh, a stressful environment because I can't sleep. Um, And so you should get up and stay in a dark, you know, darker area. Don't turn all the lights on. Don't, you know, start reading your email and start, you know, doing social media and stuff like that. But just, you know, maybe go out into the couch in the dark living room, kind of sit there for a little while, maybe meditate a little bit, visualize a little bit until you start feeling sleepy again. And then go back into the bed, and then you should be able to, you know, fall asleep. Um, Mm -hmm. But if you stay in that, you know, quote-unquote stressful environment where you're tossing and turning and tossing and turning, if it's been more than about 20 minutes, then, you know, that's what the sleep researchers say is now you've just created the stressful environment instead of the restful environment you're looking for. So you need to remove yourself from the environment until – the stress has gone away, and then go back, which makes sense to me. Yeah, it it does. Yeah, because, yeah, you don't want to, you know, walk into the bedroom, look at your bed, and it's like, oh, God, it's going to be another one of those nights. You you don't want uh-huh. that. Yeah, so. But um, there there are so many factors involved with, with the sleeping thing. Um, you know, I think I mentioned earlier caffeine being one of those. I think we talked, we've mm-hmm. talked before about um, alcohol and, and sugar and stuff like that. So um, yep. are there cutoff points or cutoff periods? And there are there, and are there foods? I've got teas that are called sleepy time. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> do they actually work? That's my other well, thing. Well, it's not laced you know. with Ambien. <laughs> okay. No, no. Oh, gosh. No. <laughs> it's not laced with Ambien, the sleepy time tea. So it's not going to be that powerful. You know, that, oh, my gosh, wow, all of a sudden I can't keep my head up. Um, but okay. what, it, what it's meant to do is just sort of relax you. So if it's, a, if it's a chamomile, if it's a non-caffeinated, we know that warmth soothes, soothes us. So that's why that warm bath, warm shower, you know, warm cup of tea, you hear warm milk, mm-hmm. you know, any of that warmth before bed helps to relax you. And you want to be mm-hmm. in a relaxed state when you go to bed. Um, the temperature, though, you're right, it should be down, you know, the temperature in the, in the house. So warmth helps mm-hmm. you relax, but, what, but your core temperature actually has to drop in order for you to fall asleep. 
believe it or not, and or stay asleep in that good, you know, in that good sleep. So that's why the the temperature in the room should be at about between 65 and 68 is what they what they recommend. Um, really? To have that, yeah, to get that core temperature down to where it should be to be able to fall asleep. Um, but the number one thing, really, when it comes to sleep, is a consistent schedule. And I know, I know it's hard to do, but you know, staying consistent with your schedule, give or take an hour-ish. You know, so if you want to stay up a little later on the weekends and sleep a little later, okay, but it can't be three, four, five hours different. <laughs> so mm, if you go to bed at nine okay. during the week and you stay up till one a.m. on the weekend, no, no, sleep till noon when <laughs> normally you get up at six. You know, like that's what will mess you up. And then Monday comes too quickly, and now Sunday night you can't fall asleep, and then you wake up Monday sleep-deprived, and boom, you know, now you've set yourself on a, a bad course, and it's only Monday. So, yeah, um, so that's unless why, it's a holiday, you know, the Monday schedule. does come too quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah the schedule <laughs> is really the biggest thing for, for sleep is to keep yourself, give or take, an hour-ish is what I always say, <laughs> however you want to interpret the ish. But, um, you know, not five, but maybe an hour and a half, maybe two hours different. But, you know, try not to make it go much longer than that, that you're going to bed and getting up on the weekend versus during the week. Right, right. So, yeah, the temperature, and it's funny, though, and I don't know, I guess everybody's body is different and it does. For for a while, it was for me like 68 or 69. Now, though, I can't I can't do necessarily that cold anymore. I, I so I'm doing like, but I have. Let me just preface this, everybody. I have a thyroid issue, so it's been going back and forth. So now now mm, I'm up to yeah, maybe like yeah, that can, 72, yeah. 73. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So it's been going back and forth. And, and then I, I will adjust the temperature. I watch my husband sleep and I adjust the temperature because I can tell when he's <laughs> too hot or too cold. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing yeah, so. worse than waking up in a pool of sweat. Ugh. No, not at all, not at all. Yeah. And, you know, so, I mean, and, and yeah, you you got to also pay attention to, you know, what your sheets are made of, you know, because it does yeah. make a difference. You know. Yep. Well, as you were saying, I mean, the sleep industry is almost as big as the supplement industry now. It's like, yeah. man, you can get sheets, you can get cool technology, this, that, the other, and you know, sleep masks and sound machines. Mattresses. And, I mean, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, the mattresses so, too. Yeah. Mattress, and, oh, yeah. Um, not even to mention the mattresses. Yeah. Yeah, and we got sold. We got sold some sheets, and then they were like, "Oh, these are coolest and everything." I'm, I'm like, I, you know, I tell my husband, I'm like, you know, <laughs> like never again. I'm not listening to. This. Well, that's the hard part is that it could be a total home run for someone else, and then you get it, and then you've used it once and slept in it, and who wants that back again? You know. That's um, true. So it is. Yeah. It's hard to buy stuff for sleep because you have to try it out yourself. In order yeah. to know whether it is the the next best thing, let me ask this: I have noticed more over the counter sleep supplements for children, and mm. that troubles me a lot. I mean, not. I mean, I'm sure that there may be some issues that some children are having for whatever reason, but I'm thinking that that's something that you go to your doctor for and they prescribe something yeah. if necessary, maybe, but the supplements yep. on the shelves for yeah. the kids for, for sleep and for stress and for this and for that. I'm like, well, wait, you know, the children are not fully formed, you right. know, and you've got to watch right giving them stuff because it, just like they say you shouldn't give them adult doses of cough syrup you know mm-hmm. because th- their bodies receive and process this stuff differently than adults so yep. so that that yeah, has me kind of concerned no it is and you and you should be concerned um you know we talked about the melatonin and the studies that are coming out for adults but there are you know melatonin for kids and it's smaller doses, but it's still, you know, for their body size, going to be, you know, approximately the same dose that I would take for my body size. And so 
Um, yeah, you do have to be careful with those kinds of things. And I would say don't just default to giving it to them again, thinking, oh, it's natural, it's fine. Um, because, yeah, just because it's natural doesn't mean that it doesn't have effects on the brain and long-term effects. And we just don't know yet. We just don't know yet, really, with the melatonin and valerian root and some of these other ones that are targeted towards us with sleep. We don't really know what some of the long-term effects are because, like you said, they're popping up all over the place. And, you know, some of them have been around forever, but just because it's been around forever doesn't mean it's studied forever. Mm -hmm. You know, research doesn't always equal how long it's been on, on the shelves, especially with dietary supplements. You know, they don't have to go through the same rigor as, um, as prescription drugs. And so a lot of them right. aren't studied very much. Is there any type of move to, to correct that, to make it make that change so that these supplements do have to go through a more uh, rigorous review? Well, what's happening is the supplement companies themselves do a lot of the research because then they can show, but then people are like, well, but that's, you know, and, and hopefully they are doing it the right way so that it's scientifically, um, you know, rigorous. Uh, but the FDA will, you know, will research things or will look into things, but usually only after an adverse event happens. And so mm. that's when you start seeing, like with a lot of the diets, pills and diet supplements that have come out, you know, they come out and then after someone dies, after, you know, something happens is when they go, oh, okay, well, we'll look into this and then, you know, we can pull it off the shelf. But unfortunately, it's oftentimes a knee-jerk reaction rather than a, okay, let's get this approved before it goes onto the shelf. I really hate that. That is about as bad as um, I remember um, working at a fast food joint in high school that was on this intersection that did not have a light at the time. And they're like, well, you have to have seven fatalities before you consider putting a, a light up. Oh, like, my gosh. Really? That, yeah. So, <laughs> it, I mean, it reminds me It reminds me of that. It's like, you know, people, a certain amount of people have to be harmed. Um, yep. Just like when they do recalls, uh, you know, yep. you, you have to show something adverse uh, for a certain amount of, of time or affecting a certain amount of people before they say, oh, well, you know, maybe mm-hmm. we should not have this out there. Yeah. Maybe we should do this. So, so okay, let's, let's, we got a couple minutes left. Let's bottom line some stuff. Tailgate, what do you say? Bottom line. Bottom line, uh, enjoy. <laughs> but, <laughs> there's always a but. But just, you know, portion. It's it's not even about the what. It's about it's about the how much portion with alcohol, portion with the yummy dips and chips and all that kind of stuff. You know, just know that you're in for the long haul um, of you know hours before the game, during the game, whatever. So you know, pace yourself and and watch those portions. And do your line dancing during intermission. There you go. Okay. And get some activity. <laughs> so um, uh, bottom line is sleep. Bottom line of sleep is stick to a consistent schedule and look at what is disrupting, if anything, your sleep. You know, what are your biggest barriers? Is it because you can't fall asleep? Is it because you're waking up in the middle of the night? Is it because, you know, what are, some, what are your biggest barriers? Like you said, your biggest barrier is I don't have enough hours in the day. I don't, my schedule doesn't allow me to get eight hours. Well, okay, well then let's look at the schedule. Like something's got to give if, we're not going to be able to, you know, be in bed for the required number of hours that are going to be good for my health. So, you know, looking at what are my major barriers to not getting that good night's sleep. Okay. And a good night's sleep hours-wise, we're usually told eight, seven to nine. Okay. Seven to nine. All right. There we go. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out. And, yeah, let's let's figure out a way to get together <laughs> this fall and see if we, know, can, we, see if we can work we out a, a, a routine for the game. <laughs> so, who's your Sounds team, good. by the way? Who's your um, team? I, well, I'm a, I went to Purdue, so I'm a Big Ten girl. Um, okay. and, uh, and the Green Bay Packers are my, are my team. Okay, should be interesting without um, Mr. Rogers there yeah. anymore. I know, yeah. I know. We'll see. Well, they play the Bears on Sunday, so that's a good first game to see what happens. Okay, okay. Well, I still, I still say go Bucks. 
Anyway, thank you all for listening. This has been G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I'm your host, G. Be well, be safe, be blessed, enjoy your weekend, stay safe, and please remember, all real power comes from God. Take care. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.